1: One last ride for the 2023 fantasy football season. It is another edition of the Stardom Situm Show. Thank you so much for joining us all season long. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Marcus Grant. He is Michael F. Florio. He is the author of the Stardom sit column, which you can read at NFL.com slash start sit. Uh, do you feel any added pressure for championship week?
2: Yes. Uh, like I told people to start Brees Hall. Great. I told people to sit Jerome Ford and, and you could guess which one of my mentions we're talking about more.
1: Yeah, Nobody says thank you for the ones that you get right, but they also let you know about all the ones that you get wrong. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen, check out NFL Fantasy Live where David Njoku has a special message for our own Adam Rank. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, anyway, we got the top starts and sits of week 17. We're going to tell you who's going to pile up the points and Laquan Jones is going to stop by to help us give out some end-of-season awards. But Let's dive right into this with your start-sit quarterbacks for week 17.
2: Who do you like? Dak Prescott in what could be a score fest. Matthew Stafford has been red hot. Kyler Murray in a good matchup. And CJ Stroud is back, so he could be back for fantasy. The sits to a tongue of Iloa. Trevor Lawrence is just... Uh, beat up bad right now. Jacoby Brissett is on the injury report, him or Sam Hal Sid, and then Gardner Minshew because the Raiders' defense is revamped under Antonio Pierce.
1: Yeah, they look uh, way, way better recently. Uh, So let's dive into some of these individually. Kyler Murray, I mean, hasn't been great. He looks like a guy who missed a good part of the season rehabbing an ACL injury. But the Eagles we have been picking on all season long. I don't know why we stop now.
2: Exactly. And Kyler did bounce back last week with 20 fantasy points, his third time in his last five games reaching that number. But like Marcus said, it's more about the matchup. The Eagles have allowed the six most passing yards per game this season. Second most passing touchdowns, most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Plus they generate pressure up front, which could mean we see a lot more tucking and running from Kyler Mary.
1: Yeah. We'll see uh, how things go. I kind of like Rondale Moore as like a deep sleeper in this one, kind of for the same reasons there. Uh, you mentioned CJ Stroud is back after missing the last couple of games in concussion protocol. Uh, I feel like just telling people to start him is more of a reminder than any sort of actual, like, analysis kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I was originally going to talk up Russell Wilson, but something happened there where he's not playing anymore. Uh, (laughs) So we go with CJ Stroud, who, like Marcus said, is back. So it's a reminder just to start him. Uh, The ceiling is so high. He still has the highest... Individual game of all quarterbacks this season where he scored over 41 fantasy points. We saw the Texans be able to throw against the Titans a couple weeks ago with Case Keenum, who looked terrible last week. Uh, so I expect much better results for Stroud, uh, especially with a healthy Nico Collins and a healthy Noah Brown there as well.
1: Uh, to a tongue of Vialoa and the Dolphins offense. I mean, it's been the talk of the league most of the season. The weird part about that is that he has not played well against good defenses. This week, he's facing a good defense in the Baltimore Ravens. And so uh, I assume that's why you say
2: he's a sit. It's partially why I say he's a sit. The other reason is because, well, Tua just has not been great for fantasy as of late. His last time topping 20 fantasy points was week eight. In the last month, he is giving you fewer than 13 fantasy points per game. Now he gets the Ravens. They've allowed, they're in the bottom three in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They just shut down Brock Purdy and co there. Uh, And Jalen Waddle is out. Tyreek Hill is banged up, as is Raheem Mostert. So, because of all his weapons being banged up, the fact that he hasn't been great for fantasy, and as they tell matchup. I think you play it safe and go with another option. This I mean, week. the way the Ravens shut
1: down Brock Purdy in the 49ers last week uh, would make me very concerned if I had to uh, in a lineup this week. Uh, Those are the guys throwing the football. Let's take a look at some of the guys catching the football. Your
2: start-sit receivers for the week. Rasheed Rice must start. I've been telling you to start T. Higgins for a couple weeks now. I'm not shying away in championship week. Brandon Ayuk and all of your 49ers must start options, as is Nico Collins. The sits. This one's spicy. We're going to talk about it. Stephon Diggs, Drake London, Deontay Johnson, and uh, Joshua Palmer, if he suits up, it doesn't matter. Sit him.
1: Yeah, uh, things are weird right now for the Chargers. Uh, We'll see what happens, especially with Keenan Allen this week. Uh, DNPs early in the week uh, as he has that heel injury. Let's talk about Rasheed Rice, though, because he really has been one of the bright spots in a Chiefs wide receiver room that has been underwhelming, to say the least. We keep waiting for the big uh, breakout game by Patrick Mahomes. Does that
2: mean Rasheed Rice eats as well? Yeah, I think this is the week that Mahomes gets right, and I think it leads to his top wide receiver, and lately, top target in Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice has nine or more targets in five straight games, and for a while, we've been saying he brings a safe floor. He's good for, like, 11, 12 fantasy points per week. We're seeing a high ceiling to go with that as of late, so between the safe floor, the volume, the more upside we've been seeing, the great matchup because they've allowed the most yards to wide receivers since week 12, and I think Mahomes eats, that means you play Rasheed Rice. Yeah, Rasheed Rice, uh,
1: really, start maybe challenging Travis Kelsey for the top target in the offense? Or maybe not. Um, Stefan Diggs, very good receiver, in a slump right now. He has been on the struggle bus, maybe even driving the struggle bus at this point. So you're saying to get away from him against the Patriots?
2: With a caveat. A lot of people have been tweeting me all week long, like, hey, I have this, like, Puka Nakua versus Stephon Diggs, stuff like that. Go with your other really good option if you have Stefan Diggs. Don't sit Diggs for, say, George Pickens or Rashid Shaheed or someone like that. It always depends on your options, but uh, Stefan Diggs, 7.9 fantasy points last week, less than 10 per game since week 10. I know he had a long touchdown catch that could have been that was an interception because it was underthrown, but this is a third straight year where December is the worst statistical month for Stefan Diggs. Now, he does have a history of success against the Patriots. He is Stefan Diggs. He's going to break out of this eventually. But again, if you have another solid option, that is where you get away from Stefan Diggs. And this is, uh, it really is nervous time for a lot of folks with
1: Stefan Diggs because it's it's hard to make that decision, especially if you have two guys uh, that are sort of similar. We are just getting started here. We're going to talk some running backs and tight ends coming up. Stick around for more of the Stardom Sit 'em Show.
2: Time for some Week 17 sit Syndrome running backs. Florio, go. I don't care about the matchup. You have to start your lines running backs. Jonathan Taylor is a volume play against the Raiders. Austin Eckler, hopefully we get an air guitar show this week. DeAndre Swift is a must-start running back this week, and I think Ty Chandler remains in play. Chuba Hubbard, if you have another option, I would try to get away from him. Khalil Herbert, it's a trap. And A.J. Dillon, I know he scored (laughs) a touchdown last week, still had less than eight fantasy points. Yeah, man, Uh, A.J. Dillon, Quadzilla, just, I don't know, man. It's just frustrating.
1: Uh, Let's talk about some of these guys individually, though, because Ty Chandler, I don't know if the takeover of the backfield is complete, but it's very much underway there in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, even with Madison last week, he played 65% of the snaps, uh, and I know he only had eight carries. That's because... They were trailing the entire game pretty much, and they were playing uh, in one of the tougher matchups for a running back. But now he's going to get a favorable matchup against the Packers, who've allowed the six most rushing yards to backs this season, the ninth most fantasy points per game. Uh, And it just could be a competitive game, especially with it being a rookie quarterback. Look for a lot of dump-offs, and I think they're going to try to establish the run early on in this one. Uh, Yeah, I do
1: think we see a lot of Ty Chandler in this one. Love him in this matchup. Khalil Herbert. I don't know about you, I want no parts of the Bears' backfield, mostly because I have no idea what they're doing in the backfield
2: right now. Exactly. Last week was a big Herbert week. The week before was a big Roshan Johnson game. The week before that was a big Deontay Foreman game. It is a guessing game, and it is not one you should put your fantasy championship hopes on trying to guess right, especially in this matchup. I know Khalil Herbert went off last week, 112 yards, a touchdown, but it came against the Cardinals, who are the very best matchup for running backs. No team allows more fantasy points per game to the position. Now they play the Falcons who have allowed one rushing touchdown to running backs all season and the third fewest fantasy points per game. Again, it is a trap. Do not chase the points from last week. You missed out on them. You're not getting them this week. It is really a true hot
1: hand situation, and that's really a tough way to live. If you guess right, congrats to you. I don't want to have to be in that
2: situation. Um, Let's take a look at your start, sit, tight ends for week 17. Sam Laporta, I know he's been up and down. This, there's too much upside to get away, though. Isaiah Likely, safe floor, high ceiling. And Darren Waller we'll talk about. I think it's time to get away from Dalton Kincaid, unfortunately. Tucker Craft, if you're deeper, going deeper, he's in play, but I would ideally try to get away. Kyle Pitts, I'm done with the Falcons. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, Taysom Hill. That's where we are. He's just done with the Falcons now. (laughs) I
1: never thought we'd get there. Um, Let's talk about Darren Waller, though, because we know Tommy DeVito to the bench. Tyrod Taylor uh, is the starting quarterback. And I just look. I like Darren Waller at the start of the year. He obviously, unfortunately, got hurt at some point. I just think volume, if nothing else, sort of wins the day here.
2: Yeah. and, And that's the thing. The Rams are a great matchup for tight ends. They've struggled against the position all year long. Right now, They are top five in yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points per game allowed to the position. They're top five in yards on the year and in the last uh, month or so. And his best fantasy game of the year came in one of three games with Tyrod Taylor. His fourth best game was also in that three-game span with Tyrod Taylor. So in a game where I think the Giants love to throw the ball a bunch, Darren Waller is in play. I told you he would win you fantasy championships this year. It's just not... Not how we drew it up. (laughs) Not the way you
1: thought it would happen, but uh, it could happen nonetheless. Uh, Then you mentioned Taysom Hill is a sit this week. I keep saying like, you can't really predict Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill just sort of happens, but I don't know if it's going to happen this week.
2: There was a stretch where we were like, he brings a very high ceiling and it's starting to look like a safe floor as well. Then he missed that game and it's just, there's no coming back. It seems like for Taysom Hill, 0.2 fantasy points he scored last week. Uh, in his last two games, 1.7 fantasy points combined. Three rushing attempts in those two games, two or fewer targets in each. He's not throwing the ball as much. They use four Tight ends. It was a fun ride for Taysom Hill, but it is not one you should hitch your championship wagon to.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I think we always sort of knew it was going to end this way. There was just not a lot of consistency uh, with Taysom Hill and that Saints offense pretty much all season long. We are not done. It is time to hand out some awards as we get to the end of the fantasy season. Laquan Jones will stop by to help us out with that when we come back on the Stardom Sitem Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: It's time for the Stardom Cinema Awards, a.k.a. the Stardies, and to help Let's us go. hand out some hardware <laughs> at the end of the season here, Laquan Jones, who uh, you can't tell by the looks of it. He's actually from New Jersey, despite <laughs> the fact that everything he's wearing says California on it. But though, hey, it's welcome, my second home. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, uh, I guess. I say. So we each uh, have three awards that we are giving out. Uh, you can do the math. That's nine awards that
3: we're going to hand out here. So uh, please, LQ, you can start us off. I mean, I'm not being a homer here, but I think it's facts. It's true. Kyron Williams is the fantasy MVP, man. At one point, this guy was on the waiver wire, a backup to Cam makers. And thankfully, the Cam makers and show have a toxic relationship has come to an end, but he just showed up and showed out. And, like, it's been a while since we've seen Todd Gurley-like numbers in the Rams offense, so Sean McVay's back to calling the plays, having fun. Nice touch adding Mike LaFleur to that office, and you got to look at this offense now and how it's running. Like, I wasn't familiar with his game, obviously. I didn't know he was so (laughs) explosive. I mean, like, this guy is just putting up historical numbers, man, and I think this opens up the conversation of him as a first-round pick next year, man. That is an interesting conversation. Maybe the back end. Uh, first round. M- I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say no right
1: now, and not not because he's not great and having a great season. I just don't know that we draft running backs like that in fantasy right now. But uh, I'm I'm down to have my mind change between now and August. We can have that conversation. He's he
2: the new Todd Gurley in a way. Uh, in a way, look at the numbers.
3: It's there. I mean, he's catching passes like Gurley. I mean, it, it's very exciting as a Rams fan to see this run game get back to where it needs to be at. 27 vibes, 2017 vibes for sure.
1: All right. All right. Uh, So we'll see. But Kyron Williams right now is his vote uh, for the fantasy MVP. Uh, Florio, what is your first award you would like to hand out?
2: The Odell Beckham Jr. Award for a rookie wide receiver of a generation. Because go look back at what Odell did in 12 games his rookie year. No one will ever touch that rookie pace. But there's someone who's coming close this year. It is Puka Nakua sticking with the Rams. Uh, Look, I know right now he's on pace to finish with just about a little bit more than what Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase did as rookies. The difference is we knew Jamar Chase for years before. He sat out his final year of college. He was that enshrined as a first-round pick. Uh, We knew who Justin Jefferson was. We were clowning the Eagles before Jefferson even stepped (laughs) on the field for not picking him. No one, no one in their right mind thought Puka Nakua was going to do this. I loved Puka Nakua in the summer. I would have settled for him being a wide receiver three. He is a wide receiver one. Even Puka Nakua himself was like, yeah, I was working on my blocking because I thought that was the only (laughs) way I was going to get on the field. And yet he is doing what he is doing. So the Odell Stardy of the Year Goes to Puka Nakua. You know, look, I'm not going to lie. I drafted
1: him on some best ball teams, but it was end of of draft. Like, hey, let me just, I'm going to throw this guy in here just to see what might happen. I got back and looked at some of those best ball teams. He was easily the best receiver. (laughs) I had a lot of those best ball teams (laughs) this year. Yeah, it's been absolutely amazing to watch. And I think the best part is that Nakua did what he did and Cooper Cup was still able to eat at the same time. And that's maybe credit to Matthew Stafford, credit to Sean McVay and what they've done with this offense. Um, I'm gonna go with the chicken and waffles award. Two things <laughs> that you uh, <laughs> maybe didn't think go together, but ended up being way better than you imagined. And while I don't have a current Ram, I have a former Ram, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. Because when Baker took over the starting job there in Tampa, we all had jokes, right? We were gonna talk about the Baker Mayfield uh, cycle, about you know plays bad your trash talks an inferior opponent wins so on and so forth and a lot of us I know me I know Florio looked at Mike Evans and said well his streak of a thousand yards is probably going to end this year with Baker Mayfield at quarterback wrong (laughs) (laughs) that dude was almost to a thousand yards by like week seven I mean that's how good things were with Baker and Mike Evans Uh, Evans is a free agent this offseason we'll see what happens but somebody is going to pay this man big money and let's be real. Baker Mayfield has a lot to do with it. So I will I will throw this out there for you, Florio. Um, are we gonna go through another off-season where we just ignore and downgrade and let Mike Evans slip to like the sixth or seventh
2: round? No, because my look, you call this an early offseason prediction. I think he's still gonna be wearing red and white next year, but he's gonna be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes.
1: Oh, <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, Spicy. Spicy indeed. <laughs> let's go uh, forward. All right, let's go back around
3: uh, to you, Laquan. What is the next award you would like, the next startie you would like to hand out? Look, you snooze, you lose, man. Because Raheem Mostert, the season he's having, man, he has exploded on the scene. He was just chilling in those later rounds over the summer, man, just sleeping, you know, with the expectations of Devon A. Chan and Jeff Wilson Jr. returning and stuff. But, you know, he was just... Hey, I'm here. I, you know, I'm 31, but, you know, we're good and I'm still here being explosive, man. This dude's top three in rushes of 10 plus yards. He's leading the league in touchdowns. What more can you say? This was the biggest wake up call to the fantasy streets, man. And I think you opened a conversation earlier this week, Marcus, about where do you draft this guy next year?
1: Yeah. And I think look, I, I think most people seem to have it right. Like this is a guy who's probably going to go fourth round or so. He's going to be a year older. This is a guy who before this year did have a pretty extensive injury history. Devon Achan is still going to be there. It's still going to be an offense that's heavy with Tua and Tyreek. So I think what he did this year was nice. Um, 21 touchdowns or however many, however many he ends up <laughs> with when the season Williams over.
3: This season? <laughs> it feels,
1: I'm going to say it. He's not going to score 20 plus touchdowns next year. I'm going yeah. to go out on that limb. So I do think
2: people are sort of valuing him properly. I do want to give kudos though, because back in like May in this very room on the podcast, we said, which dolphins running back should you target? And you two made such a compelling case for Raheem Mostert. He was my most drafted running back this year. Let's so, go thank on. you, you too. I mean, I honestly did it because it was the perfect
1: combination of like potential uh, production and value, right? Because he was the guy that was going the latest out of everybody in that backfield. I'm like, Still a good player, man. Yeah,
3: like, like I, oh my God. I, didn't I think love to be like
1: the RB2. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's still a good player. Wins count the same. They still they count the same. All right. So, the You Snooze, You Lose award goes to Raheem Moster. Congratulations to him. Uh, Florio, what is the next award you'd like to hand out?
2: The Kyle Pitts. Because if you remember back when Kyle Pitts was a prospect and then a rookie, all you heard about was, this is the generational tight end. <laughs> the tight end rookie that is going to end the streak that you can't draft rookie tight ends. And he had a good rookie year. But you know what's happening a great rookie year? Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta right now is a top three fantasy tight end. You hear all the time, oh, rookies can't be tight end ones. This guy easily, with Hawkinson Hurt, He has to outscore Travis Kelsey this week and he will finish the fantasy season as the overall tight end one tight end of a generation, all of that. I've already said on the podcast earlier this week that he is going to be in the conversation to be the first tight end off the board next year. I had him ranked as a tight end one coming into this season. He was one of my most drafted tight ends because you were able to get him in the double-digit rounds. And I'm sure you guys have him on plenty of teams. Those teams that have Sam Laporta, it's an immediate leg up on the rest of your competition. Laporta was another one, sort of like Nakua. I think I drafted Laporta a little bit earlier, but it was
1: late, and like he was a second tight end. It's like I drafted a guy and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to draft Sam Laporta too just because I like him. And again, I go back and he was easily the best (laughs) tight end on a lot of those best ball teams this year. Um, He's a, he's a, so Florio and I, on the, on the podcast, we were talking about, is he a top three tight end? And that was before TJ Hawkinson got hurt toward his ACL MCL. Does this mean, LQ, he's a top two drafted tight end?
3: Listen, I, I'm on board. I mean, look, Jared Goff, man, we see him target him as like one of the top guys outside of Monroe St. Like Brown. So you got to look at the tight end pool. And it's like some of these guys are getting old and some of these young guys are showing up, showing out in their first year, man. So Sam LaPorter, I'm on board for the top two. Would you take him ahead of Travis Kelsey? Absolutely. Ooh, hundred percent.
1: ISO, hundred is percent. This, this is this is the hunt. This is the conversation we have this offseason. Do you take Sam Laporta ahead of Travis Kelsey? We got plenty of time to argue this one. <laughs> um, my next award—it's the Haley's Comet Award. It's the player who burned bright. And then just disappeared from our lives. That would be Zach Moss, right? Uh, I didn't play week one. He was hurt, had the the broken arm, I believe it was. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was still trying to figure out his contract situation with the Colts. But when he came in in week two, just went bananas. In the first few weeks that he was on the field, Zach Moss was amazing. And even when Jonathan Taylor showed up, Moss was still putting up numbers. And eventually, Just kind of petered out. And even midway through the season, when Taylor got hurt again, we thought, well, hey, Zach Moss did great. Let's put him in the lineup. Nope. Uh, Didn't really work out. And now has really just disappeared. In fact, he has already been ruled out for week 17. Uh, Zach Moss was great early in the season. Just sort of kind of faded away by the time it was all said and done. Um, I don't even know what really to say about it. Other than You had to be there. (laughs) Yeah, it just had to be there. I think that's probably the the perfect way to say You just had to be there. Uh, If you enjoyed that Zach Moss period of your life, uh, look back on it with fondness. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened uh, and enjoy that in your fantasy roster. Um, Meanwhile, LQ, this next award may be not
3: so nostalgic. (sighs) Man, oh, man. Come on, bro, Sky Moore. What happened? The expectations for him this offseason were high, man. I mean, like, the offseason height, I I bought into it, along with other fantasy managers. We did not get the return that we were hoping for. But, like, his second year, we were expecting him to step up. You know, of all seasons, how the Chiefs are playing right now in that wide receiver room and what it is, we thought he was going to be able to step up and be at least the second or third option in this offense. But I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's he's running the wrong routes, the chemistry's off. No opportunity to get on the field. Not being utilized properly in the offense. But whatever it is, man, it's just been bad. So I might be done-done with Sky Moore, man. This project might have to be set to an end. The
2: sky has fallen in Kansas Oof, City. I like that. In Kansas City. And we had Kadarius Tony's name to that as well. <laughs> come on, That's just bro. a general
1: life <laughs> career award. Like, he gets a lifetime achievement <laughs> of, come on, bro. That needs to be studied. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Sky Moore thing, it is... I, I, I I didn't draft a lot of him, but I did start to buy into the thing that he could be a guy this year. And it just chalked that up as another in a long line of really bad wide receiver draft picks for the chiefs uh, you go back, you look over the last decade, Tyreek Hill, easily the best of them. And even Tyreek was what, like a fourth or fifth round pick. He was a later round guy. Nobody expected him to blossom into what he has become. The chiefs have really been bad when it comes to drafting wide receivers and sky uh, maybe the look Rasheed rice, maybe turns that around for them before that. Uh, and again, he wasn't really a high draft pick. So uh, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, all right, Florio, you have uh, one more award you'd like to hang, uh, hand out.
2: Yeah, I, I've kind of celebrated players that I was high on the last two, but part of this job is also eating crow. So the Turn My Headphones Up Award goes to Rashad White because volume wins out. All summer long, I kept saying, like, yes, I understand this guy's going to get a lot of volume early on. He is very inefficient, one of the most inefficient running backs in the league. He continued to be inefficient for much of this season. I mean, last week, he averaged less than two yards per carry. But... It didn't matter because he got so much volume. They started throwing him the ball like Baker Mayfield was Tom Brady, and that kind of flipped the switch. And around like week six or so, Rashad White went from being a running back that was very disappointing uh, to being one that was a potential league winner and a top 10 running back. So I will take the L on fading Rashad White. And uh, if you drafted him against what I said, kudos to you because it worked out in a big way. I drafted him, but... I didn't draft him like, oh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm like, all right, oh. you
1: know, I don't know. You're the best guy right now on the board, so I'm I, I drafted him. <laughs> um, but I guess this sort of applies to a lot of the the Buccaneers offense, right? I mean, like I gave the Chicken and Waffles Award to to Baker and, and Mike Evans because I don't know that we had high expectations for the they're, Buccaneers.
2: Daryl C., uh, Canes is it? Uh, he deserves Dave Canales. L- yeah. Canales, that's it. He deserves a look at a head coaching gig because he revamped Baker this year. Last year he revamped Geno Smith. Guy, guy knows what he's doing a little bit. Apparently he's able to take
1: uh, sort of journeyman quarterbacks and make them, uh, make them into a thing here. So, uh, the last award that we're handing out, uh, it is the New York Times Sunday Crossword Award, AKA you're not gonna solve this one. Gabe Davis, um. And there were a lot of options here, because I thought about George Pickens. He was kind of the runner-up for this award, but Gabe Davis is the guy that we most could not figure out this year. Uh, He was the cardio king of the week on Fantasy Live at least four times this (laughs) season. The guy who just ran a whole lot and didn't have any production to show for it. He had multiple games with zero points. These weren't games where he was hurt or inactive, these were games where he suited up and ran a lot of routes. And just didn't provide anything statistically for the Bills or your fantasy team. I'm old enough to remember a couple of summers ago where he was like the the flashpoint on fantasy Twitter. Where you said, all you have to do is just tweet the words Gabe Davis. And you would start a fight about whether or not he was hashtag good or not. Um, At this point, he is what he is. He is the quintessential better and best ball guy. If you are trying to start him on a week-to-week basis, Godspeed to you. Because... There are no analytics. There is no amount of game film watching that's going to give you any sort of clue as to when Gabe Davis is going to do things. And the- you're a Bills
2: fan. You, you have no idea, do you? Nope. Uh, and the thing is, I think for his second straight year, he's about to finish around where his ADP was. So, if you just looked at the end of the year, you'd be like, oh, Gabe Davis, we have not figured out. And then you look at week to week and you're like, this guy is the ultimate headache, the ultimate roller coaster ride.
1: I mean, you just, I'm going to, I'm going to back to look at him right now, right? As I sit here and I'm filibustering, as I try to type in his uh, name. Cause so I, I believe he's up. a
2: top like 36 wide receiver on the
1: year. So he's got 157 fantasy points, right? I mean, I'm looking at his his game logs, right? Week one, five points. Week two, 21. Week 10, or week three, 10. Week four, 15. Then 22. Then you go three, one. 23, <laughs> 0, 9, 0, 22, 0, donuts. 0, 23. Like I, it's either all of the points or none of the points. That's it with game. I wonder if he
3: played fantasy, would he play himself? We Probably not. <laughs> like, That's just
1: crazy, what? amount of donuts he's <laughs> eaten.
0: <laughs>
3: If Gabe Davis were playing fantasy,
1: could Gabe Davis trade himself to someone else? Or would they be like, nah, bro. Family friend. I just, I just don't know.
2: <laughs> Even they're like, no, we, we, don't, we can't figure you out now. Like, right, we're good. So there
1: you go. Uh, congratulations to everyone who won a startie, unless it was bad, in which case, uh, sorry that happened to you. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's time now for Club Dub. <laughs> These are the guys we guarantee will score
3: you at least 25 fantasy points this week. Uh, Laquan, who do you got this week? Uh, it's been a while since I've been in Philly to get a good cheesesteak, so we're rolling with it. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, man, with probably the best matchup he has this season against this Cardinals defense who are allowing the most rushing yards per game. And they're also top five in missed tackles on run plays. So he's being set up with a layup here. And the Eagles have been really leaning on him in back-to-back games. He's had 20 touches. So the volume's there and the production's been there. So I think he's set up for a good situation here because it looks like the Eagles are leaning on him in the ground game on the back end of the season right now. And I know all the Philly fans are screaming like, yo, run the ball. So Swift has looked really good these past two weeks. So I think 25 points are definitely on the table for him to grab. Here's the dirty little secret. They are running the ball. They're running it a lot. Just maybe
1: not as much as people want them to be. But they're one of the run-heavier offenses in the league over the last three weeks. Uh, Florio,
2: you, you got to bounce back, guys, your uh, club dub. Uh, Brock? Purdy. Because look, I understand the vast majority of you out there who have Brock Purdy, like myself in the Fantasy Live League, you're playing for third place. But if you survived last week, like I'm facing him in one of my championship games, I don't know how the other person survives what Brock gave him last week. But if you manage to get by and you're in a championship game, you don't stop starting him now. Uh, The Commanders... They are a team we've been picking on all week, all year. They allow a bunch of production through the air. Top two in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And then the Niners are angry. Debo's going to eat. Ayuk is going to eat. Kittle will probably eat. We know CMC is going to get in on the fun. And the person who gets the points for all of those tied in is Brock Purdy. Yeah, I love Brock Purdy. I
1: love the whole Niners uh, team to bounce back this week after uh, kind of getting humbled last <laughs> week. Uh, hey, this is going to make you happy, though, because my my guarantee is that Matthew Stafford balls out. And not just because I set Joe Flacco to start Matthew Stafford uh, in one of my championship leagues, but because Stafford has been on absolute fire. At least two touchdown passes for six straight games. Uh, He is as hot as anybody in the league. The Rams offense is as hot as any offense in the league. Uh, The Giants defense looks vulnerable. So I think Stafford keeps it rolling. That that means you can start, obviously, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. I like Demarcus Robinson uh, as a flex option this week. We already know that apparently Kyron Williams Is the fantasy MVP (laughs) according to Laquan? Uh, so the Rams, uh, they're going to ram it. The Ramily is going to enjoy the holidays. I I have no other ram puns
3: for you, that Um, warms my heart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, and what, what we'll also do is show set up a really interesting week 18 showdown between the 49ers and the Rams. The Niners could need that game to try and lock up the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, the Rams, I don't know. If they win this week, do they lock up a playoff spot? I'm not sure. Uh, listen, they do, and they will,
3: and we're going to we're gonna stomp you guys. We okay, so then honest. how about you
1: just lock up the playoff spot, you lay down in week 18, you let the Niners get the one seed in the bye, no. and everybody is happy this way.
3: Absolutely
2: not. <laughs> can, can we agree that it should be a week where both Puka and Cup, hopefully? Because it's always like kind of one fine. or the other. That I need true. both this week. I'm fine s- with that. All in. I, I
1: should check to see if my opponent has other one of those guys. But th- as of the moment, I'm cool with that. So uh, <laughs> let's go. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, this is our final Stardom situm show of the season. And just want to thank all of you out there for watching and engaging with us all year long. Also want to thank all the specialists. And I don't have all the names, and so I don't want to try. But uh, I appreciate all of you guys for helping us out with this so much. Uh, for Madison Sanders, who puts this show on, uh, who does the heavy lifting of putting together the rundown every single week. Uh, we, we couldn't do the show without y'all. For real, for real. So. Thank uh, Thank you so I am much. grateful for all of you. For everybody out there, it is championship week. Best of luck to you in your championships. Bring home that hardware. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody. That'll do it for this edition of the Stardom Sitem Show. For Michael F. Floyd, for Laquan Jones, I am Marcus Grant. We appreciate you checking us out. Best of luck this weekend. Happy New Year, all y'all. I will talk to you again next season.